I am Mike Cadlick, joined by 98 Fathom Sports Up's Alex Barth. And this show, Patriots Beat, is presented by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh makes it super easy to cook up and cook, cook up quick at-home meals with the freshest ingredients available. So make sure to use promo code CLNS65 at the bottom here. Use code CLNS65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash CLNS65. Use that code CLNS65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Alrighty, Alex, Super Bowl 57. It happened, and it's now officially the offseason for everyone. Chiefs win 38-35 in Super Bowl 57 on Sunday. I would call it an instant classic, one of the better ones we've seen in a while. Back and forth, down to the wire, comebacks. And the Chiefs are Super Bowl champs again, the second time in four years. Uh, Mahomes threw for under 200 yards, but he also had three touchdown passes. Two in the fourth quarter, mounts his second 10-point comeback uh, in a Super Bowl. So he's on his way. Little, I'm going to use the D word. I think the Chiefs are a dynasty here in the 2020s. I know that's going to hurt some people, no. but we'll, we'll get there. Um, Eagles, obviously, Jalen Hurts had a heck of a game. He threw a touchdown. He ran for three. Uh, that's the part that stinks about this is that he was on his way to, I mean, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl winner, glory, yeah. and it sort of just fell apart. Thanks to him a little bit with the fumble in the first half, but uh, overall I thought it was a great Super Bowl. What, what are your initial thoughts on the game itself? Yeah, I mean, it was a great game for 58 minutes. I wish it had the ending it deserved. Mm-hmm. It, you know, felt to me like when you watch a bad – when you watch a movie and it's a really good movie and then they just botch the ending – and suddenly you're disillusioned with the whole movie or, you know, I never watched Game of Thrones, but a lot of people I've seen bring up Game of Thrones where it was so great for most of it. And then the end just ruined everything that happened. So right. I'm not saying it was a bad call. I my issue there is that it was inconsistent. They weren't calling that all night and then they called it in that spot. If they were calling that the whole game, fine. Makes more sense. right? But I would have loved to see the Eagles have another drive. And, and whether that ties it up, sends it to overtime, where they take the lead, whatever it may be, it that game deserved a better ending than that. And it definitely took the air out of things. I walked fulfilled. Mm-hmm. But certainly uh, the two people, I think, whose performances have gone under the radar, obviously Jalen Hurts, and he wasn't perfect. That fumble was, to me, the second most impactful thing to happen in that game. And then the other one's Nick Bolton from the Chiefs. I, I think he had a real case to an MVP. He had one touchdown, nearly had a second, was all over the field, especially on third downs, a ton of big tackles. Something I I hope the Patriots saw, because that's a guy, when he came out in the draft, whether it was two years ago, I thought would have been a great chance, would have been a great fit here. And that's the kind of linebacker the Patriots have kind of been going after. And you saw what a guy like that can do against an elite offense. So I would love to see them get a guy like that. And I I thought his people want to talk about Chris Jones and yes, Chris Jones was really good uh, in terms of the chiefs defense, but Nick Bolton was the best player on the field for the chiefs defense in that game. Yeah. I'm with you going back to uh, let's get the, the call out of the way first on Juju. And then we can talk more about the game because I mean, again, like you said, it has to, it was a huge part of the game and it played, it played a role because, the Eagles did not have nearly enough time. Instead, they ended up with eight seconds left on the clock and Hertz slipped on the field and had to, you know, th- that was that was their last play, which is too bad. But I right. saw an interesting comparison today on Twitter. I think it was from Emmanuel Acho, Emmanuel Acho from Fox, who he's up and down with some of the things he says as far as the social media quarterback thing with Herbert and all that. But he made a really good point on the ref calling uh, calling the hold on James Bradbury, and I thought it, I thought it made a lot of sense because it was a hold. Yeah. But it's he compared it to speeding, right? If you're going 50, everyone goes 55 and a 45, right? That is speeding, but the police aren't always going to call it. If they're always calling it, they might call it, but they're not going to, the police aren't going to pull you over going 55 and a 45 if that's what everybody's doing at that point. And everybody was right. sort of doing what James Bradbury did on that last play. It was only at that point where they decided to call it, which... That's not going to happen to you on a highway, and it shouldn't have happened to James Bradbury in that moment. Well, I would say to extend that analogy, mm-hmm. there are certain areas that are speed traps. There are certain areas that you just know, right. hey, I can go this, you know, I need to be more careful here. Oh, I have a little more leeway here. You, you talk to players, and this is across all sports. You talk to players about officiating, 
And the one thing they will all tell you is consistency, whether it's strike zones, whether it's foul calls in basketball, you know, whether it's PI holding, whatever it is in the NFL, because teams actually do this. The first couple of drives or possessions or the first inning of a game, whatever it may be, there is an element that is a feeling out process of the officials. And you kind of make a note. And I know like NFL teams usually do this at the end of the first quarter. Hey, this is what we're, they're letting us get away with, or this is what they're not letting us get away with. They meet with the position coach, use the offensive line, for an example. Hey, you can grab here. You can't grab here. Hey, you can grab, but it has to be quick. You can let go. Hey, they're calling it super tight. We need to make this adjustment. That's what teams do. And there's the earlier third down play in the first half where Juju's very clearly held, like very clearly much more impactful than the one uh, late in the game. And they let it go. And I would bet the Eagles corners kind of realize, Hey, they're not calling this, right? We can let this go. And then it finally gets called on, you know, the last play of the game or in the last minute of the game, you can't adjust to that. Like you can't. So I don't mind the call if they've been calling it all game. And look, I'm somebody who believes, let them play. I never mind if officials are going to keep the flags in their pockets. I am good with that. But if you're going to call it, call it. If you're not going to call it, don't call it. The where in the game it's being called should not matter. Something you, you can't say, oh, well, that's a penalty in the first quarter, but not in the last two minutes. That's a fallacy. It right. is what it is. Like it's a penalty or it's not. And different crews are going to be different. I get that. I leave room for that. But look, if you think a crew's tight, a crew's, a crew's tight. And sometimes that sucks. But if they call it tight consistently, you kind of just tip your hat and that's as much as you can ask for. Right. It's got to be consistent throughout the same game. And that's, that's what got me more in the call itself. Although I will say Mike, and and we can leave this into the next thing. How many times did I say this about the Patriots this year? No football game is ever won or lost on a single play. And if you're looking for a reason, the Eagles lost, they had chances to not be in the situation where the officials had the game in their hands. And that's really, to me, the story of this one. Right. Um, the other thing I'll say just on that, like it, building off what you were saying, is that it's one. It it's got to be called the same way throughout the entire game. You can't. Right. You can't do it one way in one quarter or another. If the crew's calling it tight, call it tight. And if they're not, let it go. Um, James Bradbury sort of alluded to that after the game. He said it in the. He he admitted that he held but he was yeah. hoping the refs wouldn't call it because they had an earlier Which in the game. So everybody took that as, as an admission. I saw the, this is the last part of that quote there. I thought they'd let me get away with it. He's saying I was doing it all night and right. it wasn't a penalty until just there. Exactly. Uh, so let's go into now uh, what you were just alluding to. And it's the fact that they were more, there were more plays throughout this game. And as good as Jalen Hurts played, he made a pretty tough mistake in the first half to allow the Chiefs to get, I think it was within seven. Did they tie the game at that point? I think the Eagles were up seven. Yes, Eagles were up seven. They were up 14-7. You're right, seven. you're right. Yeah. They were going to drive. They would. They could have gone up 21-7, made a two-possession game. He gets the snap and he fumbles. And who, like you said, very well could have been the MVP. Nick Bolton takes it to the house, uh, ties the game up, and makes this thing a football game again. So, I, you know, I, I get that was a major mistake and that was one of the many plays that sort of could have led to, I guess the Eagles loss, which it did, but they did end up going 10 points, going up 10 points again. After that, they finished the first half up 24, 14. And then second half comes in and the Patrick Mahomes leads the chiefs to a scoring drive in every single possession. So I guess thoughts on hurts overall game, you know, that mistake's tough, but he rushes for three touchdowns. He, the Chiefs end up, or I'm sorry, the Eagles end up down eight. And then this this octopus, which it's the first time I've ever heard the term octopus, and now I hear it all the time. When I was looking to place my bets on this game, I keep seeing the the term, will any player score an octopus? And I'm like, what is an octopus? And I look it up. You score six points, you got the ensuing two-point conversion. I've never heard that before this game. But Hertz does it to tie the game, and then Chiefs just have uh, have a Chiefs sort of drive. But what do you, you think of Hertz in this whole game? I thought I thought he played incredibly well. I thought he totally showed up. He played well enough to win. Obviously, yeah. the fumble hurts. I'll say th- this, and it's not to excuse him. The fumble was a bad play. He got sloppy with the football. Yeah. To me, it, 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 and you said, yeah, that you know the Eagles later went on and took a lead, but 
you go up 21-7, I, I felt like the Chiefs were ready to tap out in Mahomes' ankle. Either it was hurting or he was, you know, one or two things happened. Either his ankle really hurt or he was setting up the excuse because he felt like the team was going to lose. Either way, that's not a great mental place to be in. Sure. If they, if, if they go up there and they score. But the real play to me was the – it's not even a play. The alignment before the fumble when they fall started. Because that quarterback yeah. sneak the Eagles run is automatic, right? And yeah, I think they were seven down. of seven. Seven of seven in the game. Right. They get that first down. They keep going. They probably score. They're up 21-7 and they're off. That false start is the reason they had to run that little shotgun, the quarterback sweep out of the shotgun and, and leads to the fumble. That right. play doesn't happen if they don't fall start. So maybe we didn't think a ton of it at the time, but man, that false start was major. If you want to rank the calls made by officials and how they impacted the Eagles, that's number one. And look, it was a false start, but I would argue that play had more of an impact than the the holding at the end of the game did. I, and I say this yeah. all the time, right? You, you can't decide a game on one play. If one thing changes, everything afterwards becomes irrelevant. That hold never happens at the end if they don't false start there. And right. then obviously if maybe, maybe not, I don't think he would have gotten the first down, but the chiefs at least have to move the ball at a time where they were struggling to move the ball. If Hertz doesn't fumble. So that to me was a major, major sequence in this game. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought the other, um, I guess uh, I'm sort of jumping around the game here, but I'm just thinking of like yeah. major pivotal plays. Yeah, and I'm sort of uh, I'm sort of waiting to talk about Mahomes until we get to the end of this thing because I want to I want to sort of no you don't you don't want to talk about the punt return because you you don't want to acknowledge the fact that one of the drives that was Patrick Mahomes ran that was, was what oh eight yards. Wow, wow, you're really and you're getting ready, way, huh? Kills me. People who have watched the show back to like when Evan hosted it, right? Nick Bolton. Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, Isaiah Pacheco. The punt return These are was all next, guys. Alex. What? That was what I was going to say. I was going to mention the punt saying, return. But go on. These are all guys <laughs> that me and Evan sat here and oh. pounded the table for on this show. All the guys that are making plays for the Chiefs. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So we can get yeah. back to the punt, but like, there's a reason we liked all those guys too. Speed. And right. if we oh, if yeah. we apply a lesson forward to the Patriots from this game. It's still a speed league. Speed kills. They need to get faster. They did it. They started doing it last year with Tyquan yeah. Thornton and Marcus Jones and Pierre Strong. Like they started getting faster last year, but they need to continue adding speed this offseason. Right. I'm with you. That's what I was getting to next. Punt return. Yeah. Darius Tony. Huge play in the game. Chiefs, Mahomes drives them all the way down when they're down seven or they're down six. They go up one, 28 27. Yeah. They then forced the Eagles to punt, and then Kadarius Tony, a guy who they got close to the trade deadline this year, yep. makes a huge play for them, takes a punt return all the way to the eight-yard eight, eight line. That's a mistake on Philly's punt team, obviously, but also a great play by Kadarius Tony, a guy who was a first-round pick two years ago with the Giants, came up huge in this game for them, scored a touchdown. Andy Reid's the best play call I've ever seen in this league. Let's just put it out there. He's he's dominant. You can say what you want about him being an iffy coach and having clock management issues at the you know, prior and going to four straight NFC championships, yada, yada, yada with the Eagles. But that guy can call an offense. He dimed it up to um, Kadarius Tony down at the goal line. And then the following drive, I believe it was, or the following play basically was his power return to the eight yard line. So, I mean, kudos to Kadarius Tony, a guy who at the beginning of his career looked tough, but he, he made a name for himself in the Super Bowl. And look, Kadarius Tony, that that's a risky pick. Uh, I guess it's not that risky for the chiefs. They gave up by like a fourth round pick for him, but right. That's the kind of guy that traditionally the Patriots haven't touched in the draft. And I think there's a comp in this draft. Not like not exactly the same skill set, but a similar draft evaluation in, in Keyshawn Booty. And yeah, you see how that guy can make an impact, right? And there's just certain guys you watch them, whether it's Kadarius Tony, whether it's Wandale Robinson, uh, and there's guys who've been in the league, right? Lamar Jackson to me is the ultimate example of this. When the ball's in their hands. It just looks different. Yeah. There's just like, there's something different about the way they carry the football. And Kadarius Tony's one of those guys. And th that it was a bad punt by the Eagles. The coverage team over pursued. You cannot over pursue on a guy like that. Right. Eagles were a bad special teams unit all year. And it came back to bite them at the worst time. Yeah, I'm with you. 
Let's do it. Patrick Mahomes, Alex. I've talked a lot about Pat. I've gotten a lot of crap for it. I wrote about it today on CLNS. Because there's a lot of people out there, Alex, that are just – it seems like we just can't appreciate Mahomes and the Chiefs for what they're worth. And there's just this constant, constant, constant defending of Brady and the Patriots. And nobody's saying that what the Chiefs are doing is better. And nobody's taking down the Patriots. Yeah, they are. Yo, they are. But they are. No, they're no, no, they're not. They, I was gonna let you finish your point, but look, it's, they are, and oh, this is this is my problem. When you and you okay. did it, you did it, Mike. You okay. did. You said, "Talk to me." Mahomes is going to catch Brady. No, I'll I didn't. The, no, I didn't. I not said after he's the co- Super Bowl. You said it a couple weeks ago. I didn't say he's going to. I said you he's put coming them in the for same him. sentence. He's on his way. Yeah, you put them in the same sentence. I'm gonna go back and, and that's and okay find to you. do right now. Tweets after the game, by the way. No, because if it. you're gonna bring Brady into, you can't. Yes, you can, Alex. He's an all-time great at 27, and that's okay and, to admit. And, yes, and. 100%. He is. He's a top-five quarterback of all time, and that's okay. That doesn't mean he's on Brady's level. He may right, be on so his way there. stop putting him on Brady's level. No, I'm not. I'm saying Clef Wood. Ha- Clef Wood, Madden, he's, Madden he guy. He has the ability the to get there. He has Clef the ability Wood, to get there. He does there. not. Clef Wood, after the game. Yes, he does. Clef Wood, after the game, on Twitter. Imagine if Brady won a Super Bowl on one ankle. That was That's the, a troll. Like, that was the greatest difficulty Super Bowl we've seen from a QB in a long time on one ankle versus number one pass rush in the league. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl his mm-hmm. first two weeks after – sorry, a week after spraining his ankle. They didn't have to buy back then. That's bringing Brady into it, and we're not knocking the Holmes. We're setting the record straight. Fine. He's a troll. You don't like him. Yeah, I Mike don't. Mike Florio. Don't like Mike Florio, after the game, meet the new GOAT, better than the old GOAT. He's not. He's done what? He's done what to be better than Brady? And this is why I hate it. Stop putting the two of them in the same sentence because it's a disservice to both of them because you're minimizing Brady's accomplishments. Again, don't come at me saying Brady didn't do something that Mahomes did. You can't win a Tom Brady argument by saying somebody did something he didn't. He played 23 years in this league. He did everything. So don't come at me with that. And it's unfair to Mahomes because there are people like me who want to make sure the right context is out there. And it comes across as dissing Mahomes when it's not. I'm insulting these idiots that are prisoners of the moment, have a five-minute memory span, and are just trying to get clicks. Stop, just don't be wrong. It's not that hard. Just don't be wrong. It's nothing against Patrick Mahomes. I think he is in the top five discussion at this point. He wins one more. I think he's clearly number three and with a chance to get to number two. But again, there's a, I, I was very careful after the game when I did this. I had no problem with people hyping up Mahomes on his own. He's the best quarterback in the league. This is the best run going right now. Uh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's perfectly fine. The second you bring Brady into it, you change the context. And in that context, it's a tough sell, especially if you want to talk about all time. Because, Mike, yes, Mahomes has had a, a great six-year run here. It's like, among like the, among the, best, the best, for sure. Among like, the best six-year runs we've ever seen. If you want to tell me he's a Hall of Famer right now, if he walked away today, I believe it. I, I okay. would agree. That's all I need from you. But, well, no, but here's the thing. Okay. How, we, we've, we've all seen the graphic when Brady retired. He had three separate Hall of Fame careers. You can break his career down into three separate windows, each one being competitive or better than Mahomes. So my problem is <laughs> when you take a guy who a big part of the reason he is considered the greatest of all time is oh, his durability and longevity. And you say a guy's better than him off of six years. You're just missing. The I'm not, point. but I'm not like, I know, but I, I'm, I'm responding to all this. of the idiots. I'm responding right, to all okay. the, so it's very simple. If you don't want Mahomes to be diminished by Brady talk, don't bring Tom Brady up. Because you don't need to to talk about how great Mahomes was in yeah, that game. The thing is, you do have to bring up but Brady you when you talk about to. the start to his career. Yes, bring you do. up, bring up Elway, bring up he's Montana, already passed Elway, bring he's up already... Peyton, right? Bring up the guys he's passed. 
Don't bring up the guy he hasn't passed. Well, he that's that's next. You got it. No, we're looking for that's one. There, it's there okay is no to admit that he's good. Like people don't want to admit they just okay. always defend Brady. But there's and it's like such Brady a big difference. There's such a big di- not according to Mike Florio. Not according I, I, to Mike Florio. There's such a, a big difference between Mahomes is had a great Super Bowl and a great year, and he's the best quarterback in the league. And Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time. You don't everything. It, it go, we talked about this on the show a couple months ago. There's that tweet mm-hmm. where we live in this world now where every quarterback is either elite, and if they're not like the elite of the elite, then then they're dog crap. And it's like extrapolating that. There's room in the middle, and Mahomes. There is nothing wrong with Mahomes not being the greatest quarterback of all time after winning just two Super Bowls and just having six years in the league. The fact that his fans can't understand that is why it gets so annoying. Nobody is trying to insult Patrick Mahomes. We're just but trying to add do. some context in the to this out-of-control. No, we're just trying to add some context yes. to this out-of-control narrative. That's well, all it you is. You already tried to take down Pat Mahomes earlier in this show when I didn't bring up Kadarius Tony yet. You said – basically tried to tell me he got handed. Oh, that was just me. That was that, No, yeah, that was – That's you trying to – you tried to – No, that's that me trying to get you to calm down. It's just pouring water on the fire. That's all it I is. Wanna, I want to – Y'all are prisoners of the screen. moment. I'm sorry you don't know. He's, Most of these kids – on TikTok and whatever, they don't know Brady won a Super Bowl in 2001. They don't know who the greatest show on turf is. I'm just educating. That's all we're talk, doing. We're just let me educating. Let get to the comment on screen because I thought this was hilarious because the comment says, this is worse than my Edelman take. Uh, a, Alex is putting the words in my mouth that I'm saying Mahomes is the GOAT and I'm not. So it's not my take. No, I'm not responding Secondly, to the, I responding think I love to the whole the- narrative. The person that commented this, their name is Delusional Patriots Fan, which is just perfect for kind of what we're talking about here. I'm not saying Mahomes is already there. But people but he are. Has, but he has the best chance to get there. But what I'm, say, what I'm saying is you are saying that when people push back on the narrative that Mahomes mm-hmm. has caught Brady, it's the same as saying Mahomes is not great. And that's not what it is on their greatness and try and defend Brady in the process. And it's like, just look at what he, and I'm reading. Because it's an incorrect take. It's an no, incorrect it's take. He is, cu- to he say is Mahomes on the is way. better than Brady. It's an incorrect take. Uh, that's not what I said. Uh, but that's not, but no, but that's not what I'm, uh, you said that when, why do we have to defend Brady? Why are so many people defending Brady? Because there are so many people. If people were just saying Mahomes is off to a great start. Nobody would be saying, oh, Brady, Brady, Brady. Like, no, there's, nobody's there's responding to that take here. like that. There's it's a not a straw man. They're Mike taking Florio, it. pro football That's it. Okay, so Florio that and that other, that other goofball. Plenty others out there. And Mahomes, plenty others out there. He's the all-time playoff leader in plenty of categories. He has – okay, I, this, this, which this ones? is my – Okay. Which ones? Uh, you're going to love passer rating, completion percentage, yards per game. Passing touchdowns per game, touchdown so interception averages. ratio. So average. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He hasn't done right. it long enough, which so is let's why. let's put a minimum a, 20 games on that. There, there is a minimum here. I'm not exactly sure which one it is. But this is the it's one that I like Whichever one allows Mahomes to qualify. It's the second most 10-point comebacks in playoff history behind Brady. He okay. has four. Brady has six. And Brady's played 48 games. Mahomes has played just 14. So despite his teams going down 10 points. It's like Mahomes falls behind a lot in the playoffs. Yeah, and then he's able to come back and bounce back and win, excuse me. Again, I just I, – I want to be able to just talk about how great Mahomes is and the fact that he is already a an all-time great. We don't, don't have bring to – necessarily... We can do that. Then don't bring up Brady. You have to. He's, he, you don't. He's, but, but you but do he, not. Because he's he has the much... most – because he has the ability to get there. He like, is not there. You are the one sitting here saying – why does why do we have to bring Tom Brady into the conversation and then bringing Tom Brady into the conversation? If because you when we talk about Mahomes, they say he's not Brady. Everyone's like, but he's not Brady. He's not Brady, but he has the best chance to get there. So then it's so then do take your advice to me and ignore it like you want me to ignore Florio. Okay. Brady Patrick doesn't Mahomes is when an I all-time gave my assessment of that already. game. What did I say? When I gave my assessment of that game, what did I say? Mahomes was great. No, you said it was, it was handed it to he was it was handed to him by. I was making a joke. No, he was great in that game. 
He was great in that game, and he is the definitive quarterback of his era. Or is going to be the definitive quarterback of his era. The era's ongoing. Sure. That, I think, is plenty complimentary. I think it fits. And guess what? I did not mention Tom Brady. Yeah, but you want to defend him so bad. You I, I push back on all bad. bad takes. I just don't like it when people are wrong. We can, Mike, we, we can go toe-to-toe right now on Nomar being better than Derek Jeter. I'll give you the same level of energy. Oh, I don't, I don't need to do that. I, 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 I'm, all, I'm on Team Nomar there with you. So, um, But, Good. no, again, I just I, – I really think that there is this, there's this immediate – and, look, I'm a Patriots fan. So I hate to be like, oh, Patriots fans do this and Patriots fans – I'm not Mike Felger of 98.5 The Sports Hub. Much of people try and be like, that's a Felger take, whatever. I'm a Patriots fan. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. When I bring up Patrick Mahomes and the fact that he has the ability to catch Tom Brady, and again, it is me bringing in the conversation because it's I'm telling you that he's that good. And I'm sorry, I'm not taking your advice. I'm bringing Brady in because Mahomes. But then you, the you open the door. You but then you open the door to it. Then you open yeah, the door to, to defend it. It's not to Mike. I'm not defending I, it. I'm just giving you facts. I'm just giving you you're, facts. Mahomes you're, is, you're, you're kind Mahomes, of nervous. You're kind Mahomes of nervous. Is, no, I'm not. Mahomes is less than a third of the way there, and he's behind schedule. I said it before. The best thing Brady – one of the best traits Brady has going for him is his durability. This becomes a real – Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Yeah. This becomes a real conversation when Patrick Mahomes is winning Super Bowls in the year 2040. That's when it becomes a real conversation. Brady okay. won his first and last Super Bowls 19, year apart, 19 years apart. Mike, there's only 20 players that – played the game 19 years apart professionally outside of Brady in the history of, and that's not modern era. That's going back to 1920, the founding of the league, 19 individuals. I think it's about as many as walked on the moon have played as many seasons in the NFL as Brady did win Super Bowls apart. When Patrick Mahomes sniffs that we can talk until then. He'll still find Brady a way to will do it. always have that massive, massive, massive advantage. The other part I'll say on this and talking about the argument for Tom Brady is his longevity. The other argument for Brady was always that he wasn't the most skilled, but he was always the most clutch and he always found the way to get it done in the end, right? Well, Patrick Mahomes is the most skilled quarterback and he also finds the other the way to get it done. He's the first quarterback we've seen since Brady to truly have a clutch gene just about all the time. That's fair. Would you would you agree with that? Like that's fair. You know, we talk about all these greats all the time. Mahomes is the one with Brady who can show a clutch gene time in and time you, out. Like you know what Mahomes- I, I compared Mahomes to the other day, and I actually feel pretty good about this comparison. Okay. If Aaron Rodgers wasn't a perennial choker, if Aaron Rodgers actually had balls, I like that. that's yeah. Patrick Mahomes. That and look, 100%. that's a damn good legacy. He's got to win a couple more before he moves beyond that. But that's kind of where I have him right now. He's Aaron Rodgers with balls. I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense because if Rodgers had said balls, then he would be in that echelon. And so, I mean, Rodgers on talent level should have at least three. Exactly. So, and he doesn't because he doesn't have the gene that you just talked about with Mahomes. Right. And Mahomes does, which again, I think that's, that's one of the other aspects of this that we need to look at. And it's why I think he at least has the ability to get there. So that's what you have to talk about because you no longer well, have got about 16 years before we know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. He's already heard a lot, so that that's that's going to be the deterrent. So I'm sure we'll do this plenty of times here on the show, Alex. But let's move on to the Patriots, the team that we cover. because And let's use this Super Bowl, I guess, as a way to shift gears and talk about what you saw from this game and then apply it to what the Patriots can do and how they can get back to this spot. Because they were that dynasty for so long. And they have a dynasty coming up right behind them in the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you, By the like, way, on that one, real quick, you need three. The the early, like, 20-whatever-it-was, 7-10, not 7, but, like, 6-10 Steelers. Yeah, no, they needed that one more. Yeah, it, yeah, it's 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 three with the same core, and that's across all sports. It's three with the same core. Two is a pair. Three is a dynasty. I don't so hate that, but Chiefs, I did. The Chiefs could be – they very well could end up being a dynasty. I do think they will because it's, it's the Mahomes – Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, core, right? That group totally could win another one. Like, they could win another one next year. It's very possible. But you need three. So they're not there quite yet. They're on their way. They're well on their way. And this one, I'll project. It's They're coming. They're coming. They they just need one more, and I think they'll get one more. 
but they need the three before we can start using that word. Uh, you know, I I have said dynasty. I don't hate that take. I, I, I'll accept that one from you. So yeah. what do the Patriots need to learn? What can they learn from this game and what happened here to kind of project into 2023? Well, I kind of talked about it before. Speed league. Yeah. Speed league, absolutely. Um, that, that was one big takeaway. A couple others. And this is stuff I think we already knew, but it it um, was like emphasized in that game. Sure. Build your offense around your quarterback. Build an offense where the quarterback skill sets are emphasized. And, and that's more, I guess, with the Eagles and the Chiefs. I think Mahomes' skill set is varied enough that they made some adjustments, and I'll get to that in a second. But like you saw, the Eagles don't. The Eagles aren't in that game without AJ Brown. And by not in that game, I mean they don't make it there. And even if they do make it there, it's not a close game without AJ Brown. That that was it. The first touchdown that he tracks that ball through double yeah. coverage or was that the second. That was the first one. Uh, it was, it was their, the first it was or second, second one, whatever touchdown. It, was. it was their second touchdown. Yeah. I mean, one. you know, they went out and they got their young quarterback, a real weapon. And, you know, they paired him with Devonta Smith, another guy. And, and they had great offensive line. Like they, they built both in terms of personnel. And then strategically those RPOs where there's a keep option for them. Mm-hmm. The, I, they stopped running them in the second half. I don't know why the chiefs couldn't figure those out. I know. I, I said to somebody, like, at the end of the first quarter, this game is just going to be the Eagles RPOing the Chiefs to death because that's what it looked like. So build your offense around your quarterback. Build your offense around that, you know, skill set, something the Patriots very much did not do last year. And the third one is, holy crap, pre-snap motion, man. Like It's all it, about it, the play. Yeah, that's going to be it, my- it ties into the speed thing, but, like mm-hmm. – pre-snap motion and then building off of looks. How many times do we talk about that this year, Mike, where they ran setup plays, but they never ran the payoff play off the setup. And you saw the chiefs, they started using that jet motion. And when the Eagles started over pursuing the jet motion, they came back across with it the other way. They're getting guys wide open, left and right. Easy throws for the quarterback. That was another really good adjustment. The chiefs made the line couldn't block them. So what they do, I don't want to say they took the ball out of Mahomes' hands, but they, they kind of just said, you know what? We're not going to worry about the deep game. You're going to take that away. Fine. We're going to throw it underneath. We have guys who can create after the catch. It goes back to the speed thing. And they let Pacheco and they let Tony, really those two guys, uh, and McKinnon, sorry, Jarek McKinnon, certainly. They let those three guys just go. And yeah. the Eagles couldn't tackle them after the catch. So they use pre-snap motion. They use the personnel to their strengths. And they adjusted. And they had creative play designs. Like it's it the coaching is such a massive, massive, massive part of it. I know there were so many people who wanted to hate Mac and want to say, oh, well, Patricia's been in this league a long time, and Judge has been in this league a long time. How bad can it be? How much of a difference can it really make? All of it. All of it. That's and you saw it in that game. That's a hundred percent uh where I'm gonna go with this. I do want to do two quick things here first. And the first one is I got to go back to it because this is just, and I can't find it in the chat now, but it's a, this is what I'm talking about with straw man arguments. A dynasty dominates for 20 years. That's not a dynasty. And the, the Patriots, dynasty does. A dynasty the, doesn't need to. Right. The dynasty does. Yeah. Big that's difference not, between A and D. That's all this argument comes down to for me. Just use A. You don't need to use D. Yeah. Right. Sure. Um, Since we're doing comments, I'm going to pull up this one more here. Okay. Uh, from Court P. Jalen Hurts and Mahomes are so much better than Mac. I've seen this take to knock the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I, I know you think I hate Patrick Mahomes. Yes, he is so much better than so Mac. So much Jones. better than I'm Mac. Going to deny that, and that's pretty clear. And I don't think that's really ever going to change. I think Mac can get a lot better, but even if he does, the gap is massive. As for Jalen Hurts, I've seen this, and you're all proving my point, and I don't think you realize it when. The Patriots drafted Mac Jones. A lot of the people who were against that pick, do you remember what one of the biggest um, defenses was of not making that pick? And one of the biggest takes was against Mac Jones? I it would was, say, go ahead. No, I want, I'm curious if you remember. His, what were you going to say? His mobility and the fact that he's not like a mobile quarterback. I, I mean, that was certainly up there. But another, I heard I'm a sorry. lot, Alabama quarterbacks don't win yeah, in the okay. NFL. Alabama does not produce NFL quarterbacks. And yes, Jalen Hurts technically says Oklahoma, but he's an Alabama quarterback. Yep. And people brought up Jalen Hurts. I remember that. 
Jalen Hurts was drafted, they knew right away he was drafted to be a backup. Because remember, they just given Wentz an extension, yep. just a couple of years removed from what should have been an MVP season. There were a lot of people when Mac Jones was drafted giving Jalen Hurts as a comp, and they meant that as a negative. They meant it to shoot down the, the pick. And now, now they're using Jalen Hurts to say Mac Jones will never be good enough. So this goes back to what we were just talking about. When you put the right pieces around them, mm-hmm. it's crazy what some of these quarterbacks can do. Even if you don't think they're good in the draft, it's crazy the potential you can drag out of a guy. So is Jalen Hurts... So much better than Mac, because there's five O's in that. So much better than Mac. Well, he looks it right now. Sure. He also, has a, he also has a coach that's so much better than what Mac has. And the talent around him is so much better than what Mac has. Right. So let's see if the Patriots can assemble that, because the Eagles assembled that thing pretty quickly. It took like a, two years? Yeah. Like really a year, and then they just added A.J. Brown as the cap. Right. Let's see if the Patriots can figure out putting that kind of talent around Mac Jones. And then, and then we'll see, because I think he's going to surprise some of you. Okay. It's, it's the talent, and it's, it's ultimately it's the play caller. And I pulled up right. the, the winning, and it's, that's exactly – that's what they're on track to do already is they cleared house with Judge and Patricia in the offensive yeah. coaching staff, and they bring in Bill O'Brien, and they bring in Adrian Clem. They bring in these guys who are hopefully going to produce that offense. You talk about the pre-snap. It was outstanding what Andy Reid saw on film. You bring that yo-yo motion and, and a yo-yo motion, if you don't know, it's what I call it anyway. The, the yeah. receiver comes into the formation and jolts back out. You see how the, I think the Patriots call it boomerang. It's okay. the one they used with Marcus Jones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so you, you watch how the safeties and the corners rotate, and it's like you watch it on film. And I mean, not that it's easy, but it almost feels like something the Patriots wouldn't have done this year. And it's because they had Andy Reid. And so my point is, you. The last seven Super Bowl champions, these are the offensive play callers. Andy Reid, Sean McVay, Byron Leftwich, who, as bad as he was this year, was pr- was pretty damn oh, good with Brady. He also had Tom um, Brady, so. Sure, we'll call Brady the other one. So, yeah. Andy Reid, Sean McVay, Byron Leftwich, Leftwich Andy Reid, Josh McDaniels, Frank Reich, Josh McDaniels. There you go. You need an offensive play caller. You need someone yep. who knows what they're doing on offense. It's an offensive league now. You need the coaching, but you also you need speed, but you also need that coaching. And that's why I think this Bill O'Brien hire is so massively important for Mac because he knows what system. He'll know what system. They'll bring in something, surround him, and use his you know his skill set like you mentioned to call that offense and hopefully make this thing run because they did not do that last year at all, and it was a disservice to Mac. Now it's time to bring in those pieces and that's where yep. we'll sort of get this, the free agency rolling. Um, but yeah, so I think that's the main thing they have to, they have to learn from this game, offensive play caller and yeah, using bringing in talent around their franchise quarterback. Yep. Um, in the speed, last thing, speed yeah, specifically speed. get speed. The last thing I want to ask you about is in the Super Bowl, and then we'll go around yep. the NFL. We'll talk some Derek Carr. We'll talk some other things before we get out of here. But I want to talk about the field conditions because that was awful. If you saw some – during the game, you saw highlights, whatever whatever it was. There were guys slipping all over the field. The, the it, was gra- it was natural grass and it was terrible. And there's been this notion around sort of the NFL this year that we need to get rid of turf. We need to play on natural grass. And I, w- I want to listen to the players on that because they're the ones that are doing it and they all want the grass. But now there's this natural grass field in Arizona – that's just getting completely ripped to shreds. I don't know if it was the preparation. I don't know if it was the big logos in the middle. I don't know if you noticed how big that Super Bowl LVII logo was yeah. on both ends, but that kind of looked like it was a problem. What do you think of the field conditions? I know that guys like Hassan Reddick, guys like Jordan Mailata, on the, both on the Eagles, but said that it was the worst field they've ever played on. So what do you think of that? Yeah, it didn't look great. Look, I'm not going to say it impacted the outcome of the game because obviously both teams played on the same field. Right? Exactly. I, 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 I hate that this wasn't a normal grass field. They spent like two years engineering this. They did it with Oklahoma State. This whole like they tried to develop a, a the reason the league likes turf is players are faster. Yeah, that's it. Players are faster. It pumps up the offense. Like everything else, the league does. They want turf because it pumps up the offense. Same reason they want domes. Same reason they won neutral site conference championship games. And 
turf is more dangerous. You get hurt more on, on turf. So they tried to, this was like, this wasn't how normal NFL grass is manufactured. This was like a new thing that they just shouldn't try again. The problem is now the league is going to have this to point at as to why they can't, um, why they can't mandate grass, which the players right. want them to do. And the players are right. Should be for a number of reasons, both player safety and honestly, the aesthetic. It's so much better. It, it looks so much better on grass. Let's be honest. Yeah. There was a time where I thought turf was better because it was this whole new thing and everyone loved Maybe it. Maybe like the, the speed, but yeah. Go ahead. Maybe the turf itself looks better, but yeah. you start getting the, the grass stains on the jersey and you play in the rain. It gets muddy. Like, come on, man. That's awesome. right. Yeah. So that was too bad. But they, um, they, um, the league's going to hold this over their heads now for not making, for not mandating grass, but. I think it was a one-off. I don't think this reflects what the game looks like on grass. I think this reflects what the game looks like when you let a bunch of engineers who are more focused on agriculture than football design a one-off <laughs> field. That I could have told them from the beginning. They didn't need to wait the, waste the $800,000. Don't experiment on a bunch of new technology in the biggest game of the year. I, Just I grow grass. could have told them that. Just grow – you know Just what? put Barth out there and water the dang thing, right? Seriously, we've been growing <laughs> grass how long as a people? <laughs> Your grass has been growing well before us. And it's yeah. still here and it still works. And it's good enough for Major League Baseball. It's good enough for all these soccer leagues. They they don't allow turf over there. And they're like high-level soccer leagues. Right. Grass is fine. It's fine. Yeah, it slows players down a little bit. And it does need to be maintained like – FedEx field's unacceptable, obviously. Yeah. You can so uh, apply standards, but I'm I'm done with turf. I'm just very over turf. The rate I actually did this a couple years ago, back when I used to write um like first out of college and I had a blog. I actually did the math for a full season on all the ACL tears in the league. And I, I don't remember the exact numbers, and the post doesn't exist anymore, but at the time. I do remember 48% of the NFL surfaces were turf, and that's counting MetLife twice, obviously. And right. the the Rams were still in St. Louis and the Chargers were still in San Diego, but so there, there were no shared stadiums. But 48% of the NFL fields were turf, and it was something like 60-ish percent of all ACL tears occurred on turf occurred on turf fields. So right there, like those numbers don't add up. And this was years ago. Yeah, right. This would probably would have been what was the year they're like all those ACL tears the first three weeks? I think it was 2017. Yeah, because yeah. the year Edelman, it was the year Edelman tore yeah. yeah, yeah. So 2017 would have been when I did that. And I maybe that I did some research in that trend. I don't know the exact numbers, but that had been a trend the last three or four years leading up to that. So it's not a one-off. Turf is more dangerous than grass. Yeah. It's it's there. It's in the stats. Just like it's in the stats that Mahomes is on his way to catching Tom Brady eventually. Maybe. But sorry, I had to throw that in there. All right. That's the Super Bowl. Mike, let's go. I will be eligible <laughs> for Social Security by the time we can have that conversation. That's fine. We'll do it. Special edition Patriots beat from, from Barth's nursing home. Um, yep. Let's skip from field conditions. Let's move on the Super Bowl to around the NFL. I guess we can sort of bring this role in it because the league finalized their final coaching hires today. There are now 32 NFL head coaches. The last two both came from the Eagles, their well, offensive coordinator. There's 31 of Brandon Staley, but anyway. Fair point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Shane Steichen goes to uh, Steichen, yep. Steichen goes to the, the Colts and Jonathan Gannon, whose defense got pumped in the second half, so that's kind of tough. Yeah. But, Gannon's a good coach. He deserves a shot. I mean, people people hold that over him, and I get it, but that defense was dominant all season long. And so Gannon goes to Arizona. There's now 32 head coaches. Let's talk about the Colts for a second. I don't know if you saw the Colts' introductory press conference today. For yeah, Stan that was Shane an Steichen, adventure. But Jim Ursay could not stop spilling the beans on what they wanted to do. Ursay is talking about, we have the fourth pick, and nobody knows what Indy right now, or before today, nobody knew what Indy was going to do if they were going to sign a veteran, if they were going to, I don't know if Matt Ryan's still under contract, if they were going to draft, if they were going to trade up, whatever. But Ursay basically said, we're taking a young quarterback. And the second he said it in the press conference, 
Chris Ballard would looked at him and was like, what are you doing? Just started spilling it over. And Ballard was like, oh, yeah, ha, ha, we don't know. And then Ursay said that he likes Bryce Young. And it's like, just keep your mouth shut and let your new – like, Steichen's got to be like, what am I getting myself into? Right. Jim Ursay is – Jim Ursay's sitting there doing a radio show and Steichen's calling Josh McDaniels <laughs> to see how he got out of it the last time. Seriously. Um, I, like, I don't hate that? that hire, though. No, the, me the, the, the Gannon one surprises me a little bit just because – if I think the Cardinals probably have the least direction of any franchise in the NFL right now in terms of like, yeah. what's the path forward? Cause it like, yeah, the Texans roster is a mess, but they have the first overall or they, you know, they have a high pick. They're going to draft one yeah. of these quarterbacks. They're going to move on. So right. There's value there. The Cardinals have the least direction. It seems like the shortest path out. I'm not saying this is easy or likely, but it seems like the easiest path out is fixing Kyler Murray and hiring a defensive coach to yeah. do that and fix that thing. Like their defense was okay. I, it'll be interesting to see who he hires as his offensive coordinator. He needs somebody experienced, but yeah. needs Cliff Kingsbury. But seriously, <laughs> yeah, that, that hire was, was interesting to me. I think that team, look, we know the Cardinals aren't afraid to want to done, you know, one and done coaches. I, I think that team is in full Caleb Williams mode right now. I, I think that's pretty yep. much it. Um, and Steichen to the Colts. What do you think? I mean, I know I know we talked about it already, but you jumped again in there for a second. Do you – that seems like a team that is always so close, like what's fringe playoffs for a while. They've done this carousel at quarterback with – I mean, I think year after year it was Luck, Brissett, Rivers, Wentz, yeah. Matt Ryan. It's like – you got to just stop there. And I guess Ursay's right, but you shouldn't have said it out loud. Right. You got to draft the quarterback. But if, I mean, they, they bring in a guy like Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, the rest of their team is actually pretty solid. I mean, I know you're not going to. They have a pretty good sh- roster. Yeah, but they have a good roster all around. So, I mean, I, I tried to look it up because I thought that Steichen might have been on that staff when Sirianni was there, but he was in LA. And so I didn't know if there was any familiarity there, but he was in LA for most of the time. Sirianni goes to the Eagles. He brought him there. So it's a new place for Steichen, but I think it's a decent place to start, wouldn't you say? Well, the Colts just want to be the Eagles. They The Colts are to the yeah. Eagles, but the Texans are to the Patriots, right? They just keep bringing yeah. these guys in. Maybe this one will be different. Who knows? But it's going to come down to the quarterback. It's going to come down to what yeah. they do at quarterback and how much do they have to, to trade to move up. Yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks, Derek Carr was cut today back around the NFL. So he is no longer a Raider. They got out from under their $40 million cap hit on Carr. Carr can now decide wherever he wants. It sounds like he already he already met with the Saints. It sounds like the Panthers went, might be in the mix, the Jets. I also heard the Titans. So that's just going to add to this endless QB carousel. What do you think? Where do you think Carr would fit? And what do you think the Raiders are going to do? do? Does Josh McDaniel re, does Josh McDaniels reunite himself with Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, probably. Yeah, and it's going to be I a like mess. I, who's gonna make, and then it's gonna, it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, and then he'll get hurt in week five, and then it'll be Stidham. <laughs> so yeah, we'll kind of we'll, we, it, it'll be the next guy bowl between those two battling for the starting job and training yes. camp. Cam Newton um, might come in. Yeah, bring Cam Newton over there. <laughs> Keep Jacoby Brissett away. He deserves better than that. Yeah, frankly, he, he yeah. was my, of all the next guys. He was never the next guy, but I like him more than any of them. I the Jets would be dumb to not be very aggressive here i you know it goes back to my net neutral thing i think Carr's yeah. good enough with that roster to make them the real deal carolina interests me because clearly i think they like the idea of just bringing in an established veteran they do have some nice pieces there they've got a ton of picks i think they're going to be super aggressive this offseason the other one i wonder about is the bucks yeah. Do they try to salvage this thing and see if they can plug and play quarterback? Now, I wouldn't. I would sell off pieces, trade yeah. Donovan Smith, trade Mike Williams, get picks and get into that quarterback class next year. Maybe they're not going to get Caleb Williams, but Drake May is going to be in that class, right? Guys like that, KJ Jefferson from Arkansas. That's what I do if I'm Tampa. So I'll be doing my yeah. Madden franchise next year. I'll tell you that right <laughs> now. But I just... The way they operate, they've never been outside of when they had the first overall pick and they took Jameis. Yeah. They've never been a big draft and develop team at that position. They kind of always just go after veterans. So 
it, it, it wouldn't be a great signing for them, but I could totally see it. Didn't they even do it the year they, they – uh, or maybe that was the year before, but remember, didn't they sign Mike Glennon? Or was he there? I think he. I think that was his first team. Never mind. No, didn't the Bears, didn't the Bears draft Glennon? I thought it was vice versa. But they they drafted him late. Yeah, they drafted him. They drafted him, but it was in the third round. Okay. Yeah, so never mind. So it was. I yeah, was thinking they, they signed him, but they've never invested highly at the quarterback position in the draft. They 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 you know signed Brad Johnson. They signed. Uh, they did draft Josh Freeman. I Shout guess. out Josh Freeman. Yeah. Shout out Josh Freeman. I <laughs> like. A long time ago, I was probably in middle school. I don't even know if I had my license yet. Remember the Reebok store that was at Pat's place, and they would have yeah. like all the NFL jerseys there. I, there was a Josh Freeman creamsicle jersey on sale, <laughs> and I, I, I don't know why I didn't because back then sixty dollars uh, was like a ton. Yeah. It might have been was well been a thousand dollars, but there's like the stitched one, the nice one, right? Oh, that would be so cool to have. I thought Josh Freeman was like going to be the guy. I thought he was going to be filthy. Yeah, he was he wasn't bad for a few years there, and then he just kind of fell off. Yeah, I think they had one ten and six season with him. I don't know if they made yeah. the playoffs. He was kind of like Jameis Light. He had a yeah. lot of physical tools. He just wasn't. He was he was too reckless with the football, and that yeah. ultimately, once the physical tools started to go, and it was just him being reckless, it, it became uh, he he became unplayable. So Jameis hasn't hit that wall yet, but like they do clearly have a type. And honestly, since we're doing this, if they move up. Anthony Richardson, yeah, kind of fits that bill. So yeah, I, I want him to go to the Giants. I think that that's the best place for him to succeed. But him and Tampa would be interesting. I wonder though. I feel like Tampa is going to do the first thing we talked about, and that's just try and salvage this thing. Because if they were going to fully rebuild, I think they probably would have fired Bowles and went back into the younger coaching carousel. Right? They still because can. Bowles I, I suppose they can, but a lot of the, the a lot of the top tier coaches are already gone. So, or do they not? You don't know because you don't hire the young guy this year because you don't want the young guy to come in on an unwinnable team. Yeah, Bulls carries out this year. Then the slate's totally clean. A bunch of that dead money, deferred years, that's all gone. Then you bring in the young guy next year as you start building it up. So I don't. It's unfortunate. If Todd Bowles is in that position. It really is right. But I, I don't think him still being there rules out them blowing it up. Fair. Um, all right. Anything else around the NFL before we get into a Boston sports minute? I think that's uh, actually. So it. I'll go back. To, I'll go back to the Chiefs real quick. There was a report yeah. on Sunday before oh, the game right, there yeah. that they, that they want a franchise tag Orlando Brown again. Does he take another franchise tag? Now that's a guy I'd trade for. Yeah, that is absolutely a guy I would trade for on the, the Patriots. Tag. But when you look at the free agent market now. It's all right tackles, all right tackles. The uh, PFF, they do like their 100, top 100 free agents every year. Yep. You know who their highest ranked free agent left tackle is now that, or if Orlando Brown gets franchised and comes off the market, you know who their top ranked left tackle free agent is? No. It's Isaiah Wynn. Oh, geez. (laughs) So, and that's not me saying bring Isaiah Wynn back. They absolutely should not do that. you can't do that. What is me saying is sign one, draft one, Soto, right? Mm-hmm. That that ha- what that's going to look like is becoming very clear because Mike McGlinchey, uh, uh, Caleb McGarry, Juwan uh, Taylor, right? The guy from the Jaguars. I don't know yeah. why I'm blanking on his name. Um, so. Yeah, Juwan Taylor. I think all those guys are plug and play, top half of the league, right tackles. So go get one of those guys. And then as much as I love Juwan Jones – Maybe you find a way to double up, but that first pick, I think we're just looking at left tackles at this point. I think right tackles off the board because unless Orlando Jones says you can't tag me trade. Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown says you can't tag me. Yeah. Says you can't tag me trade me. I I don't know what left tackles are available. They'll be right. And and like I just said, Donovan Smith, right? In Tampa, they're going to blow it up. It's another right tackle. Like that market is going to be oversaturated. You don't usually see it like this. Usually right. the tackle market is collective. Right now, seller's market for left tackles, buyer's market for right tackles. So go out, get a right tackle, free agency or a trade, and then draft the left tackle. Assuming that the Chiefs are, in fact, going to franchise Orlando Brown. If they don't... And he doesn't want to play on it. Right. Right. If, if they don't, maybe it, it goes another way. But I, I think that right now we're really looking at uh, specifically 
we're narrowing it down to left tackles in the draft. As much as I want to see Dewan Jones be a Patriot, I really right. Don't. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that at all. I think you need to grab a veteran, sign one, trade one. I agree, or sign yeah. one, draft one, rather. Yeah. And I guess trade for one, so, trade for one, draft one is basically the same thing. You're giving up some more assets, but uh, one veteran, pro- one rookie. The proven guy. Yeah, exactly. Over, uh, over. One veteran, one rookie. Over. The over plan. Okay. We'll take O-V-O-R. It. Take the over. <laughs> take the over. Uh, I like it. Yeah, so that's enough football for today. We'll be back at it tomorrow with Patriots, and we will do a Q&A and open it up. But before we get out of here, let's talk Boston sports, Alex, really quick. Spring training uh, is getting underway. We talk about the Sox here often. It sounds like... Even Alex Cora today wasn't that enthusiastic about the season getting underway. Uh, look, I saw a video from Rochi, Dan Roach from WBZ today, and he was talking about how he likes to be optimistic. And then he went on this this whole thing, and he didn't really sound optimistic at all. He just was like, if they can stay healthy, maybe they can be okay. And it's like typical Rochi. And I get it. That's, that's his thing. It's the Sox. But... I don't know where this Red Sox team is going. They don't have much going for them besides Rafael Devers. I kind of feel bad for Rafael Devers because oh yeah, well he's the, I, at least he got paid. Yeah, but yeah. right, he he he's now filthy freaking rich. But he's basically the one good player on this team that looks to be really going in no direction. All their starters are I feel like they're like over thirty five and injured. So I don't know where they're going with this team. But I want to get your thoughts on the Red Sox. They're going to score some runs if they stay healthy. I just don't think the pitching's there. Their starting yeah. rotation looks like an absolute mess. Bloom said today, and Hyam Bloom spoke to the media today down at Fort Myers, said they're still building the roster. Like, they're still negotiating with free agents. They want to add more middle infielders. Adalberto Mondesi might not be ready to start the season. Like It's it's all a mess. And it's unfortunate because I, I was thinking this the other day. I don't remember the last time I was this excited for a Major League Baseball season. Like, between the pitch clock, the banning yeah. of the shift – I could do without the bigger bases, but I, whatever. Um, I love the fact that they changed the schedule format. Now every team plays every team. Like, that's great. Yeah, so that's cool. I don't remember the last time I was this excited for a Major League Baseball season. Uh, I really doesn't matter to me that the Red Sox are taking part. I don't know how much a part of it they'll be. Yeah. But uh, it, it's a bummer that they can't be more involved in what's going to be, I think, a really fun like league-wide season. Right. But. Uh, I guess more time to focus on the rest of the league. I discovered that I get the channel that's basically uh, ML, the MLB version of Red Zone. So that's kind of cool. What I'm is that grind called? On, it's called Strike Zone. It's only So it's only on Tuesdays okay. and Fridays because those are the only two days of the week that every team plays and every team plays at night. So okay. it's only twice a week. But I, I'm looking forward to yeah. trying it out Tuesdays and Fridays. I'm going to – Put it on after this show on Tuesdays in the spring. So there you go. Uh, it's gonna be a fun baseball season, but yeah, don't. Uh, I, I'm good on the Red Sox. That, that's gonna be over pretty quickly. Well, then I guess we can transition from the Red Sox into the Hospital Celtics, who are playing tonight yes. in Milwaukee. Milwaukee has won ten in a row. Ten in a row. The Celtics, I think, have won now five in a row. I want four in a row. Four, four in a row. Five of the uh, four in a row. Six of the last seven. It's a game and a half difference in the standings. Can they do anything tonight with the hospital Celtics? I mean, Derek White just won player of the week. I know. He's Um, balling. I was looking at his total. I wanted to – I was looking to put some action on tonight's game. Yeah. Uh, I I was originally going to do Tatum's over, but then they ruled him out. There you are. Derek White's point total is 19 and a half. Whoa! Like – and I didn't wow. take it because I was like, wow, that's high. But, I mean, that's the kind of – those are the points he's scoring nowadays with all these guys out. He's playing unbelievable. Malcolm Brogdon's the favorite to win six man of the year. But, look, here comes Derek White. I think Derek White might have started too many games to be eligible. Yeah, honestly. that's fair. He's, yeah. like, sneaky started a lot of games. Yeah, because he, they've been so hurt. If not, he should be in the conversation. Like, I wouldn't. Yeah. But, you know, I, the bench I has been playing have. really well. The bench got hot at the right time and – I almost won't be surprised if they win. I don't know that I'm no. picking them, but I'm I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit on the yeah. hospital Celtics. I'll admit it. Sam Hauser's hot right now. Uh, Mike Muscala looks great. Yeah, Derek White, obviously, is balling out. Brogdon's been excellent. I'll I'll drink a little Kool-Aid. Do you yeah. know what the spread is? Do you know what the overall it's spread is? It's nine. Oh, they're going to cover that. Yeah. They're going to cover that. I feel good about that. I don't know if they're going to win, but it's going to be a single-digit game. I, right. I really believe that. And uh, moving on to the Bruins. The Bruins have 
They're 0-1 since the break, so sound the alarms. Well, uh, they've lost three of the last four. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they're in Dallas tonight, so we got... It's a nice way to ease into non-football season. Now, you know, you get the day after, you go to bed super early last night, kick back into, you know, Patriots offseason, and you get the Bruins and the Celtics on, both on Tuesday night. Just blowing off the XFL and the USFL there, Mike? We don't do that on this show. It's just not the same. You know it's not the same, though. We don't do it. No, I'm glad you're fighting me on this because it's a big part of the show in the offseason. I've tried to do the XFL and the USFL, but it's just – it's not the same. Nothing's the NFL. I'm sorry. I'll try it. We'll give it a whirl. Maybe we'll make some picks here on the show for both. So, again, this is – it's it's Mahomes-Brady. Nobody's saying it's the same. That doesn't mean it's not good. (sighs) Yeah, fair. That doesn't mean it's not good. It cannot well, be the same and still be good. I just can't get myself into it. But That's let's do true. Bruins. Bruins are in Dallas. Uh, do they win tonight? Is is Jake DeBrusque back? Do you know? I um, think last I tonight. saw, he was doubtful for this oh, game okay. and probable on Thursday. Okay. So I, I I haven't I haven't seen if he's officially ruled out, and they've probably made that decision. I think it was a seven o'clock puck drop. The game might have started. No, it's eight thirty. Is oh right 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 because it's yeah, central time. They're in Dallas. Um, yeah. I, the big thing for me, oh, for their last 15 on the power play yeah. with this unit, can't have it. You simply can't have it. And they've got to get that fixed. Like, I think once they get that fixed, they were scoring at such a high clip on the power play early in the season. It carried them. They're still fifth in the league in power play percentage with an over 15. They're fifth in the league. Yeah, that's crazy. So once that gets clicking, I think they'll be okay, but they've, whatever it is that unit has to break through. Cause how many, this is where it starts to get scary because when the Bruins were on this roll early on, all the doubters were saying, well, we know what this looks like. We've seen them do this and then fall apart late in the season. And when that, or, or in the playoffs and when that happens, whether it was the playoffs last year, whether it was the playoffs in 2020, whether it was that cup run in 19, the, the canary in the coal mine with these Bruins slides late in the year, is almost always like the first sign is the power play falls apart. Yep. So the fact that this specifically is the issue, it does scare me a little bit. It does. I'm a little nervous about it. I want to see him turn yeah. around. I don't want this to become a thing where, because we're a month out from the start of the playoffs. I know. It's, it's I don't want to get to the here. playoffs and be like, well, you know, it's been a real cold month for the power play. Like you can't have that. It's got to be like, yeah, you know, they had a rough week a month ago around the All-Star break, but they're fine now. They, they got to get the power play figured out. Well, the thing that I was worried about to start the year was going to be the goaltending because Olmark was, yeah. hasn't, you know, hasn't played that full season. Uh, Swayman's still young, but I mean, Olmark's probably going to win the Vesna and the Vesna, and when Swayman's in there, it's fine. So now that that's shared up, I was almost like, wow, this team's going to roll. But you're right. If they can't get this power play going, they're not going to score those goals that they've been so reliant on. Uh, yeah, their secondary scoring's been there here and there with those, you know, those third and fourth lines. But if this team that has, I don't want to, I do a lot of comparing. You know, I think you've got me there, Alex, because I was going to talk about Pasta and how he's sort of that centerpiece on a power play like Ovechkin yeah. is for Washington. But I mean, he's not Ovechkin on the power play, but it reminds right. me of that. And so I, the fact that they're in this over 15 stretch is tough, but. Uh, yeah. They play in Dallas tonight, so I think you know maybe maybe they get it done. Uh, I saw in the chat someone someone took uh, where is it? Somebody took some, the Derek White over. In yeah, someone took the that. Derek White um, over. I can't find your name. I'd shout you out. But one more, if we can do a quick Providence Sports Minute in the Boston Sports Minute. Uh, I'm a Friars. Big, big Big East basketball fan. Huge game tonight. I'm calling it the dunk. I don't care what it's called now. It's the dunk. The amp or whatever. Big game at the dunk tonight. Friars against Creighton. Yep. <laughs> I, I think it's the third seed, right, in the Big East tournament on the line. These two teams had some battles last year. They had a battle earlier this year in Omaha. I, that place gets rocking. Yeah, that, it does. Place that place is awesome. Turns Cooley's the up. man. And Cooley's Great the man. environment. Yeah, fun team to root for. So I'll have that on a screen tonight. I'm going to need three oh, screens yeah. tonight, but I'll have that on a screen tonight. Go Friars. They're down 13 7 right now. But yes, ah, go Friars indeed. Yeah. Come back. Big East come basketball. Back, baby. I've I've talked about and then and then we'll get out of here. I know you guys all yeah. want to go, but if you'll listen to us for a second, um, football is far and away my favorite sport. But my favorite sport to bet on is college basketball 
And so that's that's what makes the it might be the fact that we're transitioning out of call or out of football into this sport where I'm like I need to I need to do something. But college basketball, my favorite sport to bet on. The Big East, my least favorite conference to bet on because they're all the same team. Yeah, that they, they they all play the same style of basketball. They always split. I never get it right. So I'm refraining from betting the Big East. But again, go Friars. Love the team. So any team can beat any team in the Big East except Georgetown. Georgetown exactly. can't really beat anybody right yes, now, which is right. sad. But right. Uh, so yeah, go go watch that game. That's our Boston Sports Minute. We'll leave it at that. Me and Alex will be back again tomorrow. Back to Patriots. Um, we'll do a few Q and a full Q and A episode. So come with all your questions. We'll open it up. We'll let you guys set the agenda. Um, until tomorrow, follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Cadlick. Read his stuff at 98fathersportsup.com. Read my stuff at clnsmedia.com. Alex might have outlasted me in the Brady Mahomes argument, but if you go to clsmedia.com, front page, look at my column on why we need to stop gatekeeping the greatness of Tom Brady and the Patriots and just appreciate Patrick Mahomes' success. This episode was brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh.com slash CLNS65 and use the code CLNS65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Again, until tomorrow for the Q&A, he's Alex. I'm Mike. Thanks for watching.